0: you mm-hmm. Welcome to Uninterrupted. We're on a mission to unlearn and learn about all things fashion, retail and tech from the best in the industries. Hop on and be part of our journey as we unleash these gems for you. This podcast has been presented by Mira.com, a global augmented reality technology platform revolutionizing the way people shop via their seamless virtual try-ons. Now available for jewelry, eyewear and watches. Today, I'm in conversation with a fashion stylist turned designer duo, Karuna Longani and Gauri Varma, who blended together their shared love for craft, culture, fashion, and travel to establish one of the most fun clothing labels in India, Jodi. With a mission to give a new lease of life to local craft techniques, they work with 100% national Indian textiles and compile this with the artisanal process of handlock printing. This is the first time we're chatting with the power pack duo and I'm so glad it's with the both of you. Welcome to Uninterrupted.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
0: Hi, thank you so much. Okay, I'm just going to start from the basics. I know both of you were working as stylists at a premium fashion magazine. What led to the both of you coming together as a jory and starting this impeccable label?
1: So when we started around five years ago, uh, you know, there weren't as many brands that, uh, that you see actually, you know, as of now. And we both always just spoke about how we love craft, we love home decor, we love design. And we just, you know, realized that like, there was like, definitely a gap in the market where it came to clothing that was affordable, but it was not like mass produced. Clothing brands that were sort of handcrafted Were like, like high-end designer brands are very like expensive. Or you had like your, you know, your mass or high street brands like Zara and H&M. And we were like, you know, we, there's nothing in between. So we definitely thought there was a gap in the market and where we could create something that is, uh, you know, made using Indian craft. Because we have we have a treasure trove of craft in our country and we just feel like it wasn't, you know, being used to its uh, maximum. And uh, we just thought, you know, why don't we try something? We actually went on a trip together to Rajasthan and uh, we said, okay, you know what, let's just uh, start a Pinterest board and just start pinning all our inspirations And after looking at the board, we got really excited and we were like, okay, we need to do this. So that's actually like, we started Jodi over a Pinterest board that we made together. That got got, got us really excited to create.
2: It was uh, it was also a really organic process. You mentioned we were both working with where we were stylists and like Karuna said that's when we kind of dis- d- realized that there was a gap in the market and it wasn't like a straight up process either like it's not like we knew which craft we wanted to start with immediately. We don't have a background in craft specifically. But you know because we'd worked together in the magazine we knew what each of us was kind of inclined towards, what our interests lay in. And um, before we went to Rajasthan, in fact, like the first time we ever did handblock printing was in like in Andhra Pradesh. So, you know, we traveled through India with the craft too, until we found a perfect fit in terms of a craftsman. and what we wanted to kind of say with the craft. So, yeah, it was like a very organic mix of coming together.
0: Right. Okay, Karuna, also the label hugely promotes uh, the hand-block printing technique, right? So, what was it that drew you to this craft? Can you maybe just tell us a little bit about what all goes through this
1: process till you finally come up with the end product? So, both Gauri and me, I mean, we wanted to work with sort of print and color because I thought, you know, that kind of like stood out. A lot of the labels back then were like these... Uh, the organic so the whole idea of you know like an alternative brand all of them were sort of one zone I don't know how to say but they all sort of like similar colours and like you know similar silhouettes Yeah. so we were like you know print and colour something that really excites us Gauri also has a graphic design background and even when it comes to my styling I, I mean I sort yeah. of use a lot of print and colour so that's something that got us most excited to create a new product. And we thought printing would be great. But of course, we wanted to look at a craft in terms of printing, not just do digital printing or screen printing. So that's just something that came organically to us and the, uh, the craft that excited us uh, the most. That's why we decided to start with block printing. We wanted to basically work with block printing, but not do the traditional motives. So the idea hmm. was to sort of give a new lease of life to block printing. And we said, you know, let's try prints that people who usually associate with block printing. Let's try some different motives let's try quirky uh, or motives maybe
2: It also kind of gave us like a canvas to play you know like yeah. like we said we didn't have a background mm. so it you know it gave us space to first of all learn the craft And the scope within hand block printing is so large, like, it's not specific to motif. Of course, the technique is very specific, but visually you can almost go um, in any direction you want to go. So, it was something that balanced out what we wanted to make, but it also gave us the freedom to be able to make it. Because handicraft isn't easy, right? Like, it's generations of doing the craft that you are able to actually understand it. So, this was like a great canvas, actually, just to kind of move
1: forward.
0: Fair enough. Can you also tell me, like, what all goes through the process
1: of hand block printing. Uh, yeah, sure. So actually the first thing that we do is of course you need to design your print. That's the first step in the process. And when you're designing a print for hand block printing, you are you have certain restrictions because it's not like you can make it any size, you know, because it's not digitally run, right? So you have to sort of understand what are your specifications when it comes to hand block printing. So we first design the print Uh, then we make a repeat of it and then we share it with our block maker. So we have a block maker who works with us in Jaipur. We discuss the design with him, technically what's possible, what's not possible because, you know, they are the experts in the craft. And then after, Hmm. the block maker also then carves his sort of repeat, his design. And then once it's approved, he starts carving the block. So he takes a slab of wood and then the design is traced on the wood and then it's literally like sort of carved. You're literally carving it. So that's also a long time process. process. Every print has could have multiple blocks or one block depending on your design, you know, number of colors. So mm-hmm. d- based on what you design, you need to uh, make those many uh, blocks. Uh, once the block is approved uh, and once it's done, it's ready, then it's sent to a printer and then you make the colors. That's when we travel to ja- Jaipur, Gauri and me go to Jaipur. And that's the most exciting part of our design process because we can we get to see our prints come to life. And uh, we have our, I mean, our printer, our master printer, Shankar Al-G, who's extremely patient with us. Mm-hmm. And because we spend like uh, easy like four to five days, you know, sampling different colorways uh, and we start creating colors with him. And then we start sort of figuring out and playing with color and, trying different colorways with the prints on different fabrics.
0: Right, okay, that's very interesting. Um, I also saw a recent collection and forgive me for my uh, stupid way of telling you what color, but I think it was like a mustard and like a green sort of like a print color, this thing that I saw. And if I'm not mistaken, that's clamp dyeing, right? So is that process as complex as well? It is.
2: It is. I mean, it's a completely different process because it's more about dyeing and how you kind of manipulate the fabric and then place color op- like dip color into it. Mm -hmm. But we've now been doing hand block prints for about five years and uh, the idea was always to explore uh, the gamut of like handicrafts that India has but, you know, it's taken us like four or five years to kind of move past the first one. So clam dyeing and just dyeing itself, these are just techniques that really interest Karuna and me. So we thought we'd kind of incorporate it lightly in the last collection we did. And in that itself, it's like the fabric is clamped
0: together into different forms. And then we basically run it through the colouring process. Right. Um. I know how you know you've mentioned that print and color excites the both of you, and even through these very traditional techniques, like you mentioned, the designs have been very fresh and playful and modern. Um. They've been very very quirky. Where does this inspiration kind of come in
1: from? I mean, we are inspired by everything that we see around us. It could be a trip that we've taken together. It could be you know uh, these printmakers of the 18th century. Inspiration is everywhere. So we we are inspired by culture, by travel like different crafts and and India itself has is is it's got such so many inspirations. So there's not like a particular, you know, point where we got an inspiration from, but I think we're inspired by various things and by various sources. We all, we love movies, we love film, we love art. So that's also forms a big part of our inspiration. And of course, nature as well, because we, you see that we have, a lot of our prints have nature featured in them yeah so inspiration comes from various sources i wouldn't say that it's like a particular point or one particular source of inspiration but it's everything around us that we see
0: how many collections have you released in date and like how often do you refresh your collections? Uh, we we do about four
2: collections on an average i think when we started we were doing a few more because we didn't have such a set structure we've ov- obviously over time um studied you know buying patterns and seasons and then now we do about four collections a year so, which is about three cotton collections and a silk collection. I think now over six years, I, I think we've made easily about
0: 20 to 25 collections we must have, you know, produced. Wow, that's very impressive. Is is that the same thing for um, Jodi's menswear and your bazaar as well? As so, actually often?
1: menswear is something that we started after we started getting feedback from our customers and friends. We didn't really think of starting a Jodi man, but so we decided to start it about like two years ago. And we've done, I think, almost three collections till date. And we're going to launch one in the next couple of, say by May, April, May as well. So it won't have the same amount of collections as a women's collection, but yeah, we'll do like maybe... one or two menswear collections are here. Because of COVID, of course, the things that, I mean, we we launched men's Jody Man last year. So it's a bit of a longer break, but uh, yeah, at least one or two collections are here. And Bazaar is something that we just launched last June in the middle of the pandemic. That's something where we're collaborating with other brands and we showcase their craft and their work. Because there are such amazing local homegrown brands that are doing such amazing products. And we basically wanted to get them a platform to sell their product. And that's how Jodi Bazaar came about. Because both Gauri and me are kind of like also super obsessed with like home, home decor. <laughs> so it's just like the brands that we love and we would love to sort of buy ourselves. And we've got them together and curated them for Jodi Bazaar. In fact, every week we have a new launch. Almost every week. Oh, wow. Yes, and we have ceramics as well. So, yeah.
0: It's never ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay sweet um i've also seen you know so many people style jewelry and you know in their own way like they add their own little touch to the outfit so would you say Jody is actually for everyone or is there like a specific sort of audience that you're looking to target with um jewelry?
2: see when we design i wouldn't say that we are looking like a really niche market we aren't you know we the idea of jody was always to be um available to the to a larger set of people and to also be in its own way diverse and inclusive i mean i can talk about that in two different points if you look at it just in terms of sizing you know we we offer sizing from double xs to double xl and customizable pieces too that like for us everyone and anyone should be able to wear jodi anyone who wants to um, when it comes to the aesthetic of it like we discussed earlier color and print is something that uh, comes really naturally to both karuna and me and you know I wouldn't say that everybody would want to like has the same aesthetic as ours but I do feel like there are pieces that are pretty versatile and whether you are someone who wears a lot of color or you're someone who doesn't I mean our pieces are something I feel like can, would look good on anyone you know because they're made like that they're not made for a very customized audience and I think that's also a reason that we've been fortunate to kind of see growth in the brand is because you see that we try to be as inclusive in our product that we're making
0: Right, I think I saw um, Dolly sport like a few pieces, a very stunning collection. Okay, Uh, I'm just going to move to the business side of things. Um, I know being like a homegrown label, figuring out the right fit, logistics, branding, there's so much that, you know, goes into what comes out as the final product. Um, Karna, would it be possible for you to like share any Mm. tips for say like a new label to figure out like an appropriate costing for their product? So
1: I think before you even sort of start designing or figuring out your brand, you need to understand where you want to stand in the market. That should not come later, that should come first. Costing is the most important thing when it comes to, you know, building a brand or building a product. When you start sort of figuring out, you need to understand whether you want to be a high end label, you want to be a premium label, where do you stand? That's what, that's something that you need to figure first. And obviously in terms of craft, if you're working with craft, the thing is depending on the kind of craft you're working with, uh, some processes are very time consuming and very expensive. So, I mean, this is totally, I would say, subjective to the kind of clothing that you make. But of course... When it comes to costing, you need to make sure that you don't underprice, but at the same time, you don't overprice as well. So that's there's a fine balance between that, which we also sometimes struggle with, to be honest, you know, because we are a handcrafted product. But there's a lot of sort of education for the audience because they need to understand that it's handcrafted. They need to understand the value of the product. So you need to some way make sure that you are very clear about that in the communication, in your social media. The work that goes into making a piece because Indians like, okay, it's, it's there. It's hand block printing. So they, so you need to like sort of figure out a fine balance between when it comes to pricing, I think. And also how are you selling? Are you selling it? Are you more of a retail brand? Are you looking at wholesale? Are you looking at more of an international audience? So there are a lot of factors that come in, you know, you need to consider when you're pricing. So this is something you need to figure once you understand where you're sort of placing your brand at. Okay,
0: um, I know the plan is also known for following, you know, more sustainable ways of working, you know, like for someone who's new to like a more sustainable approach, it might seem like an additional cost. So what is the price that you kind of pay for being more cautious? The moment you want
2: to be a sustainable brand, there is definitely, you know, it slows down the process basically for you. and But there's also beauty and value in just that, right? Like that's why we choose to do it. I think one of the bigger challenges we face is during the production, kind of dealing with the demand and production cycle because generally just to meet customer demands most brands do or what most companies do is that they pre-produce a lot of their stock and they keep it before the collections are out and if you create a really large number of pieces then what happens is it basically excess turns to discounting it turns to waste so that was something that Karuna and I were very clear of when we started that we didn't want to create a system that was going to just that kind of pressure first of all on the company in itself so um you know we we take our time with it when we launch a collection we first study the kind of response we're getting and then depending on demand we scale up on certain styles and we scale down on certain styles of course, this lends to a little bit of trouble for us because it leads to extending our delivery timelines, which basically leads to a little bit of customer backlash to some extent. But we also feel like that over time, because we keep reiterating, because you know we keep communicating, we focus on how we communicate our process. So as much as there were, are there are hurdles in kind of trying to be a sustainable brand, those can also very easily be turned into advantages, and they can really help you build the larger value system of what your brand is and even in terms of sustainability i feel like just by virtue of us having built a handicraft based label you know our idea was that we were able to create a system where we were creating employment and work for our craftsmen and you know we were Basically showing them that this work was scalable and commercially
0: viable for them and their generations to come. Okay. Okay, got it. Um, how important um, do you think that collaborations are being a homegrown label? I know you guys indulge in a lot of these. What do you think should people be careful about before they
1: collaborate with another brand? I think, so we as a brand actually don't do any paid advertising. So for us, collaborations are very important. For all the people who we collaborate with, whether it's like Sonam Kapoor or it's been Kusha or Dolly or Srishti wearing our clothes they're actually genuine customers of the brand you know so it's a very organic process when it comes to collaborating and we also have this thing called Jodi magazine right where we sort of feature women that we find cool and women that inspire us so I think for us it's not we won't just go with somebody who are like followers we go with somebody who kind of we actually like and we think that resonates with the brand I think that's really important at the same
2: time it's also I mean it's also great to collaborate it's great to go out there meet sister brands you know figure out I like Arna saying you have to find like-minded brands, but it's also fun to do it and to actually make an effort. Like, for example, our Jodi house parties, it's a promotional um, property that we created for our brand. And we try to always collaborate with another brand when we do it. And it's great for cross-marketing and, you know, creating culture actually, you know, to some extent. But you want to definitely do it consciously and you want to have a real thought process behind it rather than just go blindly and like Aruna said you know just start putting money into it without understanding what the returns are like
0: right right Okay, I have one last question before we move to our next phase. What is your take on the role of technology and, you know, especially say immersive technologies like AR and VR when it comes to... I mean, to technology
2: is, is the foundation of Jodi. If you ask us, we, we feel like we're a tech startup more than a clothing label because it is, I mean, the final product that is going out to our customer is our website, is the experience that you're having online. And then comes in the product of Jodi, right? But like the first interaction is a tech product. So both of us spend a lot of effort and time in building that. Like right from the start, we knew Jodi was going to be a digital experience and technology was going to be important. So we try and like keep an eye out on what's happening, what's new, what's going to be more effective. And in terms of AR and VR, we haven't really explored it ourselves yet because in terms of the scale and cost, we don't know whether it sits well for us right now. But it's definitely something that we're looking at. I mean, you know, to be able to virtually try out clothes, those are all conversations that we're having within the team. But even if you look at the way you're analyzing data, like we collect so much data online right now and how you can you know, use that data further for your marketing to understand the kind of product you want to make. And because we're online, I I mean, for any brand that's online, it's important that you study that data and you collect that data. And it's not just like, you know, a visual portal for you to sell things, but it's almost as good as or even better, uh, you know, as actually selling them to an individual customer, understanding who that customer is, where it can lead to, what your product can grow to. I wouldn't say just in terms of even our website even in terms of social media and i mean everything today is technology right like i think it kind of uh, seeps into every single aspect of the brand that we're building now
0: thank you so much for being on uninterrupted i've had a fab thank time you so chatting much for you having getting us getting to your thank you bye 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 for everyone who tuned in today thank you so much for taking the time out and listening to our conversation If this conversation struck a chord with you, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share this with your friends and family. If you have a take on the topic we discussed or if you'd like to share some feedback, please feel free to write to me. I'm going to catch you next week with yet another uninterrupted conversation. Have a great evening ahead.